This is a presentation of Dawn Forge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode number three, Technical Difficulties of the Mouth. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Diablo, over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Shattered Soulstone is now found on Stitcher Radio. Go to stitcher.com slash soulstone, that's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R dot com slash soulstone, all one word. Register with the promo code SOULSTONE to be entered to win a $100 prize, and you will automatically add Shattered Soulstone to your favorites when you install the app on your smartphone. That's stitcher.com slash soulstone. You have quite a treasure there in that Horodric cube. From the far reaches and burning depths of sanctuary comes Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo podcast. It's beginning to feel like some great evil is permeating the air around here. Now, your hosts, Nevik, Breja, and Jen. Stay a while and listen. Welcome to the third episode of The Shattered Soulstone. Your Diablo Sorceress... Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, your, I mean, your community podcast. It is Friday, November 25th, and I am your host, Nevik. I am joined by my two co-joeys. Brigia, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, and how about you? Uh, let's not ask that question, because... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> that'll just bring back bad memories of this week. But... The other voice that you heard there was Jen, of course. Jen, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good today. Pretty good. No, no more, no more um, iron dinosaurs or whatever, however you put it. Uh, yeah, the metal dinosaurs have finished their migration route through the uh, mobile home park, so yeah, I don't have to watch out for those anymore. I'm really glad that they decided to finish their migration before we tried to record. It was very kind of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Since we are recording, I did want to address a few things. Um, My work schedule has just been absolutely crazy, and it's made it really difficult for us to get together and record. We did try to record earlier this week, but we had some uh, technical... (laughs) I'm having some technical difficulties with my mouth right now, but I was going to say we had some technical... Oh my god. We had some technical difficulties (laughs) through Skype. Let me just help you out there, Nevik. (laughs) It's okay. Skype would be in trouble. Skype has infiltrated my brain. (laughs) Oh, that's frightening. (laughs) So we're back. We're ready to go. Yeah, so let's get on with uh, episode three here. We didn't really get a whole lot of community feedback, uh, so we're we're just going to dive into Jen. Jen did an awesome thing. She read the first book of The Sin War, which is titled Birthright, and that's by Richard Knack, correct? Yep, that's right. He wrote the entire uh, Sin War trilogy. Yes, and actually, I do believe, I think we're going to include at the, probably at the end of the show, there's a short little, I think it's like a minute, a little over a minute uh, snippet from uh, our, our host, our host company, Don Forge, with Medros and Shade interviewing Richard Knack in regards to 
a question about the Diablo book series and stuff like that. So we'll we'll toss that at the end of the show, so you, so everybody can enjoy that. But Jen, why why don't you tell us a little bit about the Sin War and, and what it is and where where it takes place, and, and we'll just go from there. Well, Sin War is obviously something taking place in the Diablo universe. It sort of corresponds to events that would have taken place before the Diablo 1 game started. Sort of, if you want to put it into a timeline, it's kind of around there. And the short version of what I wrote is that um, the Sin War, of course, is the war going on between the angels and the demons over the area called Sanctuary, where the humans are. But the book starts you off sort of from the viewpoint of some of the humans and they have no idea that there's a sin war going on or how they're involved in it or or anything like that until some of the events in the book start taking place by the end of the book they have a clue that something's happening but not the full extent of it the main character in this book is one that I don't think has been in any of the previous Diablo games and I've got no clue if he's going to pop up in 3 but his name's Odysseus and he's a farmer and he lost most of his family through a horrible plague except for his one his one brother who's a little bit younger named Mendelin and Mendelin is like I don't know it seems as though the book is kind of implying that he's going to be like a magic user cuz he reads a lot and he picks up things really quickly and all of that I'm liking the sound of that already Yeah I figured you'd like that it's it's a quite a magic user and he is one of the main characters but he um there's a lot of things going on with Mendelin in this book that are hinted at and suggested but throughout the book it's clear something's going on with him, but you don't get the full story in book one. I think you might get it in book two, I'm hoping. In any case, Aldysian is you know, going about his day, and uh, it's known that he doesn't like the two religious factions in town. And that's the, uh, let's see, it's the Cathedral of Light and the Temple of the Triune. And the two groups kind of come in and try to convert everyone to their side. And he's not pleased with either of them because they did not save his family from the plague. They had a lot of pretty words. They had a lot of promises. They didn't help. So he wants nothing to do with them. And it's known throughout the town that he's really not a fan of either of these groups. Well, unfortunately, as soon as the, shortly after the book starts, uh, these two incredibly violent uh, murders happen, and it just so happens to be one of the people from the Cathedral of Light and one of the people of the Temple of the Triune. And of course, since everyone knows Odyssean hates those two groups, he kind of gets framed. From a reader's uh, standpoint, you at least highly suspect that he isn't the person that did it. It's not clear exactly who. There's a lot of different like uh, implications as to who that could have been exactly. But it probably wasn't him. So you've got the main character, who seems like a decent fellow, sort of framed and uh, imprisoned, and about to be sentenced to some sort of death by at least one of these two groups. And a storm breaks out. And it's from this point that everything starts to become more like the Diablo universe instead of just this nice little story about sort of a farming town somewhere in like a medieval setting. What happens is he escapes. He escapes with his brother and uh, a good friend of his who is an archer, a very skilled archer named Achilleos, and a young woman from the town named Serenthia, who um, she's about 10 years younger than Odysseus, and she's madly in love with him at the start of the book. This changes. Um, <laughs> And she, like, just idolizes him, and he sees her as a child still. So it's like, it's kind of this love triangle going on. And to add to that, they've got this 
this really mysterious character named Lilia that appears, and she's a noblewoman in this town where everyone's kind of like a farmer or maybe a low-level trader. She stands out. She's traveling by herself, which is quite odd, and she just so happens to appear before um, Aldysian starts exhibiting these strange powers. And, uh, you know, the two of them, Aldysian and Lilia, become a couple very quickly. And it kind of goes from there. Um, obviously, this, this group of five people ends up traveling together uh, for different reasons, as the book explains. And the book just kind of generally gets darker and darker and darker as it goes on. I don't want to give away all of the details of the story, just I thought I'd set it up a little bit as to where you start. But yeah, there are some really vicious, violent, horrible deaths that take place in this book. And it's not just the bad guys that are dying in this manner. It's it's a dark book. It's dark like the Diablo games. And from a reader's standpoint, you get a little glimpse into both the angel side of the war and the demon side of the war. You get to meet some of the characters, uh, kind of get a look as to into their nature of who they are and what they think and what they want to do. You'd get drawn into hell itself in some parts, and you get a glimpse as to who some of the angels are. So it's a very good spot to start if you're brand new to all of the Diablo games and you have never played them, you have no idea of any of the lore, uh, whatever you heard from BlizzCon doesn't quite connect for you, you may want to start with the first book of the Sin War, just to give you sort of a picture of the universe of Diablo before the original game started. And to get a nice little primer onto the sinister side of the universe. Oh, absolutely. They don't hold back on that. You know, I was kind of, when I started reading this book, and at first, you know, it does seem like, well, there's this nice little farming town, and, you know, whatever. And I'm like, this really wasn't what I expected. And then, you know, those first two murders happen, and you're like, okay, yeah, it's going there. And it goes, and it goes, and it goes. Sadly, I did, I did read, I think I got maybe about a third of the way, or maybe halfway through the book. And for whatever reason, I put it down, and I never got back to it. And I've been meaning to pick it back up, especially, especially when I knew that you were going to be doing a review, and I, I really wanted to be able to contribute to the conversation a little bit more. But, alas, work punched me in the face, and <laughs> that didn't happen. So, oops. Well, you can't help what work does to you, you know. Yeah, you know, when work's trying to kill you, it's it's hard, but. Well, you've survived, so <laughs> that is a good thing. I'm still here, I think. Uh, I, at least I'm physically still here. Mentally is a different question, but, you know, I, I guess you could say I'm feeling a little more barbarian than sorceress right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Not enough brain power Loop for all those spells, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like smashing things with my head or something like that. That's, that's about, about the limit of my capabilities right now. Well, time to break more doors open. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> we use you as a battering ram. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think Richard Knack does a great job with these books. And um, as you read into the, the second and third series, you'll learn a lot more about where Sanctuary comes from as a world and how it relates to both the heaven and the hells. And, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say any more about it, but... I just know that uh, it's really, um, once you read, finish the third book, you really see how it all ties together and where this world, the Diablo universe, comes from. It's fantastic, and I think Richard Knack did a great job doing this. And you're right, it is very violent and very graphic, uh, even the deaths of, on both sides, but that is part of what makes Diablo it Diablo. So what you're saying is it's a great book to read to your children. 
or a bedtime story. Oh, if you'd like them to absolutely. grow up as warped as us, yes, you know, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you can have them, you know, go kill things in Inferno for you. Oh, exactly. I do Cat in a Hat followed by the Sin Wars. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> There's got to be some balance there, you know. Maybe, maybe you toss in maybe some, I don't know, My Little Pony or, or you know, Smurfs. <laughs> oh, but I'll put them in the game. You'll get all the Diablo fans really no, angry. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. That will not work at all. <laughs> uh, no, no unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> not in the game. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, I, I was... The the whole the whole existence of sanctuary was brought up at BlizzCon and we you know there, there's we we can refer back to BlizzCon especially when Chris Metzen you know was was grabbing at air and and explaining explaining some of the uh, their cleanup as to the lore and how they they kind of went back to the Sin War and and really you know they, they looked at the Sin War and really wanted to put a more cohesive story together, you know, because they've had so much time to think about things, and, you know, Metzen sometimes, you know, he, he has a crazy idea, and, and sometimes it might be in complete, you know, opposition to another that he had previously, or just they flesh it out better, and then they realize, oh, wait a second, that doesn't quite work as well. But the whole the whole existence of Sanctuary is extremely intriguing to me, and I, I can sort of understand why possibly they didn't go the whole MMO route, which was originally, from from what I recall from an interview that uh, Flux from the uh, Di- Diablo podcast did with uh, Max Schaefer, that in the very beginning, they were looking at making Diablo 3 an MMO. And, and just, I don't know if it would really work, because they haven't fleshed out the entire, I, I guess you could call it a planet, because Sanctuary is more like, I don't know, what, what would you call it, a plane of existence? That wasn't meant to be? Um, I think that would probably describe it well. It's not exactly a planet. It was sort of, uh, from what I'm getting from the lore from different sources, Sanctuary is sort of this little hidden place that was created by essentially a renegade group of angels and a renegade group of demons that just kind of wanted this one area you know, to be left alone, I think, and not like destroyed by either side in the Sin War, is what I'm getting. You know, It was like secret, even from some of those sides so it couldn't be a planet you know you would think they would see it but i don't know it's it's a strange little place no it was a place for them to get away from the actual wars between heaven and hell and to kind of have their own place you're right and that's why it's called sanctuary they can get away from everything yeah and to to get busy as metzen put it <laughs> creating all of the well not exactly humans yeah yeah, mm-hmm. the Nephilim. The Nephilim. As, mm-hmm. And over time, yeah. those Nephilim, did, their powers kind of dwindled as they kind of mixed more, and so that they eventually became what were humans, or what we see of them as humans. Right, and that's kind of where the Sin War starts, because you've got some humans that are starting to notice some powers, and it's not clear in the first book exactly where that's coming from, but mm-hmm. if you know the lore a little bit of Diablo, if you played before, you kind of go, okay, they're the Nephilim, that's what's happening. So, right. yeah. Yeah, I I figure we would, you know, we're we're kind of glossing over giving a very like, I wouldn't call it layman's, but a, a very basic, you know, lore 101 on Diablo because, well, I mean, let's be honest, there there's a lot of, 
a lot of listeners of this show that that haven't actually played Diablo, and they they're intrigued because you know they they came in with World of Warcraft, possibly Warcraft, but mostly World of Warcraft, and they're like, what's this Diablo thing? And they they don't quite understand the history of Diablo and how the whole game world universe you know works. So I figured. You know, we we'd break people in little little by little, you know, and obviously I I get to reacquaint myself with some of the lore because it's been so long since I've actually played Diablo. I, I've been I've been meaning to reinstall Diablo too because I still have my discs. But uh just I, I haven't gotten around to it. <laughs> been busy. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had time this whole month to really play much of any video games at all because I've been doing so many things. Um so I can totally relate. I was lucky enough to be able to download Diablo 2 again because I had pulled out the old keys for it and uh, put it both on my computer and my son's computer and we were both playing games and having a good time with it. I think I converted a young Diablo fan. Nice. (laughs) I don't know if I should be, if I should be, you know, like going, yeah, or should I be like, wait, how old is he? (laughs) Oh, don't worry. If I didn't think he could handle it, he never would have. But um, yeah, he, I'm, sure, I'm sure. I don't feel like you're corrupting the youth or anything. No, yeah. not at all. Corrupted well, you, you, well, you, there, you, you know, there's there's lots of people out there, especially those without kids, that like to judge how other how other parents parents. So, you know, just it's always fun. They yeah. can say what they want, but the kid came home with straight A's from a new school, and uh, it Whoa. just got an acceptance letter for um, taking a look at a really good um, school to go to. Like they're trying to recruit him for it, so you know I think wow. he's okay. <laughs> I'm not too worried. That, that's about at it. least until Diablo three comes uh, out. No, he'll be fine. His grades he's, may go down after he's that. He's been playing <laughs> StarCraft two for a year on his own. Oh wow! And um, I don't see him in there doing it every night. You know, and that's, I, that's good. I, the doors are always unlocked, and we always can see what's going on. But you know, it's just he's the type of kid that he can handle that. Um, other kids I know couldn't handle it, so I probably would have never had you know introduced something like that to another child. But to that one, I think he's good kind of like in the game you know there are certain people that you know you can take and wow you can take kids to a raid or you cannot take certain people to a raid i mean even adults never mind kids so yeah. i mean it's just kind of kind of know the people you're with but what was fantastic was we were having fun and it was kind of like reliving you know what i did seven eight nine years ago playing diablo 2 and it was kind of like you know watching him play parts of it in act one and he was just like wow that guy can do that or well, look at this, what I got, you know, and he was so happy. He, he must have a horseshoe because I think by level five he had six yellow items. <laughs> wow. Wow, that that is pretty crazy. Just out of curiosity, what, what, two, what two character types are you playing? He was playing an assassin, and I was playing uh, barbarian. And then I, I oh. went to my necromancer because I was like... Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> it, it, at least you redeemed yourself with the Necromancer. But I forgot how easy this game was. Really. And that first act, so people who at BlizzCon, you know, like how they mentioned, you remember how, you know, Diablo 2 was, and, you know, people were like, no, yeah, yeah. You know, it was like, it was so hardcore, so hardcore, and they're like, wait a minute, let me show you. And then literally you could walk right by mobs, and they would not even attack you or look at you. I mean, you could one-shot any mob, like, with teeth on the necromancer to shot once and killed like two mobs at once and it was yeah, very it's a cakewalk up until about what the probably the second half of act one 
And and Daryl is definitely no joke. The first time that you go there because mm-hmm. you're pretty much massively undergeared for Endarial. Exactly. You got to make sure you get some potion resist mm-hmm. or something. Uh, oh, one of the, that poison! Exactly. That oh. poison got you right away. <laughs> it's like attack, attack. <laughs> so attack, many corpse run. runs. And and sometimes you'd be like, "Yes, I killed her." Oh, now I'm dead because of the poison. <laughs> yeah, that but was at least happening. You killed that her first. Yeah. <laughs> that happened in Act Two with the Radamant at the very beginning. I killed him and started rocking back. And I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Looking at my life, I'm like, "It's going down real fast." Oh no, I got nothing to, you know, heal myself up. Dead. <laughs> Alrighty, well, let, let's cover. We're, we're going to touch upon a little bit of uh, a little bit of Diablo news. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really, I, I don't really want to focus too much on Diablo news because I don't want that to take away from the community. But uh, we. We will touch upon news that we think is relevant or important to cover. Yeah, there are some podcasts out there already that are fantastic for news information. And you yeah. know, I would suggest taking a look at those online, like DiabloPodcast.com. But, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as what we're trying to do, um, Nevik, you were talking with me last week about this. And, you know, it's a matter of putting together um, a community of people who enjoy learning the game, playing the game... You know, some people might be hardcore, some people may not, you know, and just getting together, sharing stories, being part of something over time. I mean, this is not something that's like, boom, it drops in our lap and, hey, here's all the information and there you go for it. It's something that we're going to develop together and we'd love for everybody to come along. In other words, I just don't have time (laughs) to scour the news sites, okay? (laughs) I I just, I, I have two children and I'm working insane hours. I just, I, I don't have the time. But that's okay, because I want this podcast, and I want all of, I want everyone to, you know, share their stories, you know. It's, say, you know, you're a, wow, you're a WoW player, and you've never played Diablo, and you sign up for the annual pass, and you're like, you know what, I think I want to give Diablo 2 a shot. And then once they get past the whole um, shock of you know the maximum resolution of being 800 by 600 <laughs> and they're like oh my god this game is from you know a decade ago and dig into the gameplay and then they get hooked I want to hear about those stories you know because just wait until Diablo 3 gets a hold of you and and well gets a hold of me it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be sorceress time or wizard time all the time mm-hmm. but uh so what 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 do we want to cover? Um, let let's cover let's. Well, there's been two there's been two new major Diablo beta builds that have been released. We're we're not going to go into the to the notes of it, um, but. Uh, Brejo, has there been anything in the two past beta builds that you wanted to bring up? You know that you saw that was interesting, or, I guess you could say maybe a game changer or change. You know changed your I'm sorry I can't even oh, think no, right okay. now yeah yeah no, but... there have been a couple of changes I remember when they were doing some of the panels during BlizzCon they were talking about maybe shifting up a few things based on feedback in the beta and based on some of the ideas of what's going on um, why another reason why they had to push out the game a little bit longer um, and they've released two patches since BlizzCon and beta patch 5 the biggest thing that I've noticed is the fact that they took the Cauldron of Jordan. Uh, I think, I believe, in the first episode, we kind of mentioned that. What the Cauldron of Jordan is, is basically a button in your menu where you can press it, and it takes 
you know, broken items or items that you want to sell, and you can just sell it there instead of running back to town to sell your items to a merchant. And so you can turn your items to gold automatically, and that's what reason why you want to do that is the game keeps going. It's an action role-playing game. You don't want to, you know, need to spend a lot of time going back to town to talk to people like you might in an MMO. But what they did is they took the Cauldron of Jordan out of the beta content, which means in the early levels of Act One, you're not going to be it's not going to be available to you. What they did say was it'll, they'll reward it to players at a higher level in the game. And I think part of the reason why they want to do that is they want you to go back to town at least the very beginning of the game to get familiar with the different um, characters in town, maybe to pick up the quest, to learn a little bit more about the story itself. Take your time in those first few levels to learn the game. And then mm -hmm. from then, like a little later on, they'll give you the quest to allow or something, some way of getting the Cauldron of Jordan. And then that way you can use it and you can just kind of start speeding your game up as you get more familiar with the story and, and how the game's played and where merchants are and how those are used. Well, it makes sense that you... I mean, I mean from a game mechanics or even, you know, just a game design aspect that you wouldn't start with something, especially something like the Cauldron of Jordan, you know? That's... I mean, just the whole Jordan aspect of, of the artifact, you know, it's definitely something that... Why would you start with that? It's something that you would gain throughout the game, just like the Horadric Cube of Diablo 2. Mm -hmm. But uh, basically, like if any anybody is in the beta and they're used to that, and then they're they're you know like QQing over the fact that oh no no I have to go back to town to sell stuff. It's like well yeah you had to do that in Diablo 2. Had you to know? do it in Diablo well, 1 as well. Yeah yeah you know you you had you had. You generally have a, a book of town portal, and you'd be you'd, you'd get I can't carry anything or <laughs> whatever, and then you'd be like, oh, time to go back to town. Oh yeah, every two or yeah. three minutes, and it was amazing how many times you had to do that in Diablo 2 at the beginning, if you were trying to sell all of the items you picked up, and we were mm -hmm. doing that, oh, and yeah. it was like, um, it was amazing because I did that, sold everything we could, and I had at a character by level 13, 150 thousand gold. And wow. so, to me, that kind of reminded me how little gold meant in Diablo 2 after a while. I mean, because I had nothing to spend on it. I was spending it on, um, you know, buying scrolls and, you know, doing repairs and those kind of things and even getting some potions if I needed. You know, I probably could have sought, you know, sank a lot of that money into, you know, Geed getting a bunch of um, uh, gambling items, but I decided not to and just to see how much I'd get. And you know what? We'll have to see what Geed, they do in D three. I never really got into going to Geet to you know. <laughs> he was kind of annoying to me. Yeah, and he, he almost never got anything good. So it's like you know, after, after you try it a couple times, you're like, man, what a waste of gold. And it's like, sure, you didn't really have much of a use for gold in Diablo two, but it was like, you know whatever there there was it was like push a button and get no reward push a button and get no reward and you're like all right fine yeah i'm not going to push the button anymore yeah after a while you would think it would teach people not to push the button anymore <laughs> but um yeah i could see that i'm also wondering with this um taking out the cauldron of jordan 
a lot of I'm more familiar with Diablo 1 than Diablo 2, but a lot of the way you got the lore of the game or sort of the little quests that were in the game, because it kind of were quests, um, was by talking to the people in the town, the NPCs. So I'm wondering if, you know, you've got people who have just started playing the game who are using this cauldron instead of going back to town, if that's sort of like sidestepping some of the mechanics that would get them more access to aspects of the game. Well, yeah, I remember in, in Diablo 2 or in even Diablo 1, not just the story when they talk to you to say, give you a quest, but you could go to them and ask them for, like, there was a selection, gossip, and then they'd tell you mm -hmm. a little story about two or three different things that they knew about, which are not directly tied into doing any quest, and you're like, oh, that's why this is here, or this is why the, you know we're over here trying to find whatever, you know, um, like the Staff of Jordan. You know, why are we even looking for it? You know, what does it do? You know, and then it somebody in town in Lutgulane would tell you, you know, you know, it was hidden in the halls of the dead because of whatever happened. You know, and you'd be like, Oh, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, and like in Diablo One it tells you a little bit behind, you know, what's the skeleton king? Why are you, why is he down there? You know, it kind of tells you a little about that. And I think if you there is potential I think in Diablo three to accidentally sidestep sort of all of the the reasons why the reasons why you're doing something if you're mm -hmm. never going back to town. Mm -hmm. Great point. Yeah. And, well, the, I mean, that town is basically where your 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 merchants and your crafters are going to be set up, so they, they want you going back to town anyways. Well, to go along with uh, that change to the, uh, the Cauldron of Jordan, also in Beta 5, they also they put in something called the Nephilim Altar, which is uh, a feature they were thinking about during BlizzCon, which basically allows you to switch out your class skills um, at this Nephilim altar because as we mentioned earlier it was hard to switch between your um, skills in the middle of battling when you had to open up you know half a page of UI and half a screen to try to fight on so what they're doing is they want you to be able to use a couple of skills so it's not overwhelming like in, in most MMOs you can use 12 you know keys to begin with then shift 12 more keys and alt another 12 keys and that's kind of how you hotkey everything. But in an action role-playing game, they want you to do basically just click, left-click, right-click, and that's all they want you to do. They want you playing with the keyboard all the time. So in order to allow you to do that, they figured they would set up this thing in the Nephilim altar in the town. And they said um, it'll be currently located in New Tristram as well as key locations throughout Act 1. Clicking on the altar would open up the skill UI, allowing both active and passive skills to be selected or exchanged. So now they they found a, at least temporarily found a solution for what they wanted to do, and they talked about during BlizzCon. That way, players have some ownership of of their character build, and they don't feel like, you know, basically they have access to absolutely everything that a character can do. Basically, you know, taking away some of that uniqueness of their build or whatever skills that they decide to use. Mm-hmm. In some ways, it's kind of similar to locking players into uh, into the whole old talent tree system, except you still have the flexibility of respecking, you know, basically whenever you want. Sure, you gotta hop a hearthstone or whatever back to town and change, but you can, and that's that's just that's a very very sound game design decision. Yeah, in my makes a lot of sense in my to opinion me too, because I mean, you would want to. You know, take that short break and do it all in town, whether it's, you know, re repairing or buying potions or making things at your merchants, um, with your craftsmen, uh, and then changing your skill to, to take on the next 
set of bosses. Like you might, you know, next thing you might be fighting a bunch of creatures that attack with poison damage. So you might want to have something in your passive that changes, that reduces slow, uh, poison damage over time, or a skill that keeps things at bay, you know, traps them away from you so that you don't have to worry about them coming at you. But the next time you go in against something, you want to be able to burn them straight down instead of trapping anything. While we're on the topic of items, skills, and everything, um, there was it in Beta Build 5 where they, they basically made all abilities and skills in-game, like all damaging abilities, base their damage off of weapon damage. Was that in Beta Build 5, or was that in 6 when they made that change? Yeah, um, all damage based on weapon damage and cast speed based on the weapon attack speed. Yeah, they put that into 5. Yeah, that's that's actually a really good thing because now weapons actually matter for a wizard. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, I, I have a I have a link to uh, an artist over on uh, on DeviantArt where uh, uh, he he has this. Um, it's a, a very short little comic strip with a barbarian and a wizard, and it shows the wizard you know touching the two-handed weapon on the back of of the barbarian say can i borrow this for a second and then shooting off some magic because she wanted to you know do some more damage i suppose <laughs> it's a cute little comic too i was looking at that earlier oh yeah, yeah. it's it's awesome it's just just the whole like barbarian is like oh oh kill streak 34 monsters awesome and then all of a sudden there's just like and it's like what? It's like a flash of purple light, and you see the wizard, and she's all just like, "Oh, hum, oh, oh, hey, did did were, were you killing things? Because you know, I I killed everything else. Sorry." Yeah, she like annihilated the room, and yeah, it's just it was kind of neat. It kind of it's got the flavor of Diablo in there for sure. You know? that was funny. Yeah, and, and also the flavor that wizards are better than barbarians. Just saying. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, you're not at all biased at all. No. Nope. 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 No. <laughs> I'm I'm not biased for a good reason, and by good reason I mean because wizards really are better than barbarians. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> at, at some point, I do want to. Um, I have, have either of you been following Matthew Rossi on Twitter, and and whenever he tweets about uh, Diablo three, I I just want to get him on the show because it would be so much fun for him and I to go at it. You know, me me. Because he he it would be a little more fun. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's. Oh, you two could like battle it out on Shattered Soulstone once and uh, for all. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. I, I gotta extend an invite to him, but I also want to throw it out there, since I just all of a sudden spontaneously ended up on that topic, that um, starting probably maybe in episode four, five, six, something like that, I, I want to get some guests on the show. You know, um, maybe Matthew Rossi. I don't know. I'll I'll extend an invite out to him. I'm sure he'll come on. You know, providing that all of our schedules sync up, which is going to be a fun little for four people. Ooh. Yeah, juggling act. Yeah. yeah, but uh, but I do want I do want to get some uh some guests, especially some listener guests, because you know this is your community podcast. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, it doesn't matter if you haven't really ever played Diablo, but if you're excited about Diablo three, that's all I really care about. You know, talk to me about not to me, but to everyone. <laughs> to everyone listening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, just talk to me. Listening. Just me, because you know, well, 
only if you, you want confirmation oh, that the uh, sorceress is the best, right? Yeah, <laughs> but only only talk to me if if you really like wizards and you think barbarians are poo poo. But you know, I'm just I'm just playing people. I really don't think barbarians are the worst thing ever, even though they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think otherwise, please come on our show and you know, exactly. show me <laughs> explain your on. view. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, if if you want to come on the show, you know, hit me up on Twitter or send send an email into uh, show at shatteredsoulstone.com and we'll 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 work it out. You know, my my schedule is pretty crazy, but we'll we'll figure something out. We'll we'll work. We'll work on it. But, uh, okay. So, with with that out of the way, let, let's get back on topic. Let's get back on Diablo. Sounds good. Let's talk about Shared Stash, because this is definitely a game changer from Diablo 2. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, from what I could see, uh, there was an article posted in the Diablo 3 website, uh, the official site by... Lalaria and sharing is carrying the stash, uh, the shared stash. People who are familiar with WoW and uh, that is always people are always talking about. Oh, I just wish I could, you know, have my gold instead of mailing it from one character to another to share it between all my tunes because they're all my tunes. Or you know, instead of having a, you know, having to build a guild bank and then hopefully you know invite all your t- characters in, why can't they just automatically you know share the same thing? Um, same bank. While in Diablo 3, you're going to be able to. Basically, what happens is you have a shared stash, and you're going to start out with 70 slots in that shared stash. But over time, what you could do is you could purchase up to five um, tabs total, so you can have up to 350 slots shared by all of your characters. Plus, money that you put into it is going to be shared between all of your characters that you have. And what's great about that is you don't have to mail it to anybody. You can just go in, get whatever you want. And from what they've been talking about, is you're also going to be able to um, view items that are usable by certain classes. So let's say your wizard picks up a two-handed axe. Well, they may not use it, but put it in a shared stash, and then your barbarian could pick it up and search through and make sure that that's not the only thing. Maybe they have gauntlets or a ring or something that they would want to wear too. And so it's really allowing you to um, kind of keep your game going without having to stop and say, oh, okay, i got to mail it to this guy and log into this one. A wizard wielding a two-handed axe. I'm going to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I knew that's what you were going to say as soon as you heard that. <laughs> oh, I don't see why not. Like, wow, it probably should in the cool. game. If it's not restricted. Yeah. It might be possible. But, oh man, I just the shared stash is... Oh, it's, <laughs> thank you, Blizzard. Thank you. Because in Diablo 2, oh my goodness. Oh, it was so painful. Transferring items from one character to another. You, you'd have to create a password-protected game. You would take the item that you're going to transfer, or items, you know, and then you'd drop it onto the ground, and then you would leave that game, and then you'd have to immediately get into your other character and then join that game before the items disappeared, well, before the game disappeared. Mm-hmm. And and that's how you transferred items. Oh, it was so not fun. Oh my goodness. Yeah, God forbid Timing somebody joined your like game. A nightmare. <laughs> I mean, games would generally stay open for five minutes, but let's say, you know, all of a sudden, your phone line goes down, 
or, <laughs> you know, or you, or you have problems reconnecting or you get kicked off for whatever reason, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like it, there was a huge element of risk in doing it. But we all had to do it because, you know, often you would get really awesome items that would not work for your character that, that it dropped for. So you'd be like, oh, that's really awesome, but, oh, it's a barbarian weapon. You know, for when, when I feel like smashing things with my head. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah oh, so. I, I, I'm so pleased. I'm so That's very pleased. That's going to be pleased. really good. Especially since, you know, you get more than one character in the game anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know everyone from the start is going to be like, this would be great for my other tune over there, you know. Yeah, well, for me, it's just going to be wizard and monk, you know. <laughs> Sorry, barbarians. <laughs> nah, it'll, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be great to have this, op- you know, option in the game. And also to let everybody know, if you play hardcore, you still have access to this kind of a ability in the game, whether you had a shared stash. The only difference is your hardcore characters only have a shared stash for them, and your normal characters have a shared stash for them. If you're not familiar exactly how all of this works with normal and hardcore, normal characters can die as many times as you want. You can go back and res every single time. But with a hardcore character, once you die that's it in the game. You can't get it back. You can't get any of their items back. Their game is over. You basically have to delete them and start all over again. Yeah, hardcore players. Mm-hmm. I, n- I never played hardcore. I was, I'm was i just too much of a care bear to go that direction. Because, you know, when, when I'm playing a game, I, I'm playing a game to enjoy mm-hmm. it. And, wait, you know, there's, there's a lot of people out there who are masochists. You know, absolute masochists. <laughs> And yeah. well, this is the game for them then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know they they just have to prove just how masochistic they are, and and they decide you know what hardcore sounds cool, and actually to a certain extent it does increase the tension, and if you really really like tension in your video games, then you know hardcore is the way to go. I definitely won't be going that direction, but you know that yeah, I I'm a wizard, you know if one one bad teleport and boom I'm dead you know so <laughs> yeah I don't know I think once once the game is out and I've gotten used to the mechanics and stuff I might give it a try just to see you know because one of the things I really liked about the like the original Diablo game was that you know you had the constant tension of how many mobs are going to come at you at once and all of that and I don't know it might be fun just to see how long you can survive as a hardcore character yeah yeah, so I don't know. I might give it a shot, but I'm gonna need a whole lot more time before I can do that. And you know what? I I'm I, after what I just said. I I can see it now. People on Twitter. Not gonna name any names, crap, no. But um, <laughs> they're they're gonna call for me to, you know, prove just how superior the wizard is by playing a melee wizard in hardcore. And you know what? Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I will just to prove just how superior wizards are. There you go. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Before it's even been given. <laughs> now, now, Jen, your your husband can edit all that out, right? <laughs> oh, well, he can. I don't know what he'll, he'll do. No, uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Keep yeah. it in there, man. Keep it in. <laughs> yeah, but um, there, there's also, as if hardcore players weren't masochistic enough. There were the hardcore live off the land players. Now those players, no, not doing that at all. Nope, sorry. And if anybody's not familiar with the whole live off the land concept, that's where you don't repair, and the only things that you can use are things that are 
that drop for you. Mm -hmm. That's it. You cannot share with anybody. You can't trade. I don't know if trading's allowed. I don't. I don't remember exactly the 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 meta rules to the live off the land players. You know, but that that was just another weird weird deviant game set rules put out there back in the Diablo and Diablo two days. And make it more challenging. Oh yeah, makes you know, cause it really challenging. Because I know really with Diablo one, I beat the game a couple of times with a couple of different. Uh, you had like three different characters to choose from. I think I did it with two of them. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of doing that, but that might have added more challenge. Yeah, it it definitely increased the value of those ethereal items that you'd get, the ones that don't have any durability, so that way, that way they, they would never break. Out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, that's an interesting yeah. concept for the game. I like that. Yeah. So, let's see what what else. Um, I, I guess the uh, one of the other game changers is um. Uh, I see, Brazia, you put something in here about um, area of effect pickup. Did you? Oh yes. <laughs> um, because that's definitely a game changer. Yeah, uh, I think basically what they're looking at is you. You look at games like Rift, where you can. If you kill like five or six mobs in an area, you click on one, and it picks up the loot for all those characters within like five yards. Uh, I'm sorry, all those corpses. And people are asking on the forums, it would be really nice to be able to do that in Diablo 3. But what they decided is they're not going to, that's not something they're going to add to the game. And their reason. Aww. No, <laughs> I know, huh? <laughs> Oh, but I'm a lazy player. I I don't want to have to click five times to pick up five items. I know, huh? <laughs> but basically, they're saying, you know, Diablo's a clicking game. We want you to be able to, you know, um, like in Diablo 2, you hold down the alt key. You can see all five or six items that dropped on the ground, and you choose which one that you want to pick up. That's what they want you to do. They want you to continually having the option of deciding what you should pick up and what you shouldn't. Yeah, well, they understand the convenience factor of being able to pick everything up at once, but they also understand that if they do that, they take away the the thought process or the option for people to pick up only what they want. Right. And then how would that work if the multiplayer situation, too? I remember briefly at one point, weren't they talking about how what drops in the game is yours Basically, like everybody has their own individual drops, uh, especially from bosses. Yeah, that's true. But what about gold? Did that individual too, or? I would imagine it I would be. Well, if they're making one individual, they could. It sounds like the mechanics would be the same to make the other one individual too. Right. I mean, I'm just guessing. I don't write code or anything, but um, I don't know. But I can see where they're. It seems like they're very much trying to make players have to be very conscious of their choices in the game. I mean, if you go back to the uh, the altar that allows you to change your stats, mm -hmm. you know, that you have to go to town for, they really want this to be something that you thought about and planned ahead and went, okay, I'm picking up this item because it's going to do this or it's going to be good for that or whatever and I'm putting my stats this way because I need to do this particular type of battle next and, you know, it's not just like, you know, click on it all and, and now it's three in the morning and what happened? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, so basically, when when at the character select screen, when, when you're picking your main class, what you're saying is, 
when you select barbarian, it's going to come up with a confirmation window saying, are you really sure you want to play as a barbarian? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's not a bad way to start a game if you've never played Diablo, though. You know? Are you really, really yeah, sure guess, you want to play? Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, you might not know exactly what a demon hunter is going to do, but Barbarian, everybody's kind of got the idea, you know, what to do and what that's probably going to be, uh, the playing style will be like, so, you know... I could see the value in it. I don't think that's the way I'm going to go with the game, but I could, I could see where it might be a way to start before you get, like, 8,000 spells to play with. Right. So the wizard's just going to be glowing. It's going to be like, click here, click here. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be blinking. You want this one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going with the wizard either, but, you know. <laughs> a radiating, glowing, golden aura. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be so interesting to see if what you think the wizard will be like in Diablo 3 lives up to your expectations. You know, like, will the game actually be that good for you? Well, to be honest, even if the wizard didn't live up to my expectations, my, the wizard's going to live up to my expectations. <laughs> I see. <laughs> wizard or nothing. Wizard or go home. Or monk, you know. I, I, I have a soft spot for monk. Okay, yeah. there you go. I, I can I can pretend like I'm Aang or something from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> the little arrow on your head. Yeah, I don't know. I still think I'm going with Demon Hunter. Just, mm. the, just the idea of the double crossbow sounds really cool. Yeah. So let's see what what else what else. Um, there's the whole follower thing. Oh yeah, originally they were um, not going to have followers beyond the normal level and a lot of people were up in arms saying, you know, oh no, you know, we what's the purpose of having someone who's supposed to help you out in game like your own follower if all you're going to use it is in normal when it's easy anyways. And then you get onto nightmare and hell and inferno and you won't be able to use them. You know, it's it why do that? Well, they decided they're going to put followers on, at least through Nightmare and Hell. They're not sure on Inferno, because the whole idea was Inferno. Like, everything was supposed to be able to be done without a follower anyways. And they don't want to have to rebalance the entire game, because now you'll have this additional, you know, basically an extra character helping you out and giving you extra mm -hmm. damage and extra um, trapping and doing some tanking for you or those kind of things. So they don't quite have a specific answer for what they're going to do, at least in Inferno, but they do currently have plans to keep it going through Nightmare and Hell levels. The whole, I, if I remember correctly, Followers is more or less a single-player-only thing. Mm -hmm. That uh, As soon as you jump into another game with any other players, your followers disappear. And th that's, you wouldn't need them as badly right. if you were... In a group, exactly. And you know, w would you want to have you know somebody who's going to be smart as long as they're not a barbarian, you know, cl <laughs> clearing monsters with you? Or, or well, I don't know. May maybe I would go with a follower instead of a barbarian. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but yeah, I I do remember them talking about. Actually, I think. I guess after after BlizzCon, they really talked about it, because I do remember them 
I think they said followers were going to work in Inferno as well because they didn't they didn't want to lock any of the game away from the single player. You know, the the person who only who's going to be playing this, you know, all by themselves because you know, if they did take follow the followers away, as soon as you hit nightmare, the game would get a lot harder. And if you're just a single player and you have no interest in playing with other others, you know, then the game you'd probably just give up at that point. Mm-hmm. Which wouldn't be good. You know? It'd be too hard to sort of respec around it mm-hmm. after playing, you know, all of the game to that point with the two followers or the three followers or however many you get. I think there's three. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's two. I should look that up. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's what I can the see... Templar, Scoundrel, and Enchantress mm-hmm. are the three. Yeah, and it's like designed to balance out your character. Exactly. And to be a group if you don't want to be with actual people, you know. And does does the Templar and Scandal just scream, like, expansion classes, expansion <laughs> classes? Possibly. If they did that, though, would they... I don't know, I mean, how would that affect... Like, would they change what followers you get if they made those playable classes? I'm, I'm sure... Well, I mean, basically, your followers will be there when you start Nightmare, so you're going to go through the same quests, I... Unless they mark those quests, you know, where you where you go and get your follower in normal, and then once you make that jump to nightmare, if those quests just, you know, you just skip over them essentially. But yeah, your followers will continue through. So I don't see any issue why if they did if they did introduce Templar and Scandrel as classes, why there would be you know any weirdness. Oh, yeah. hmm. Okay. Do you get to actually change the specs of the followers? I don't even know. Can you mess around with that? Or are they just, here you are, that's what they are? I believe they have, what, two abilities at different thresholds that you can select them to use? Yeah, they're not quite like, you know, it, they don't have trees. Like, if you go into WoW and you have a pet and you have, like, three or different trees and you have talent to select, not quite the same way. It's just basic abilities that they have. But depending on what you're playing, though, mm-hmm. it might be better to have your follower do one of those abilities instead of the other, or something like that. I don't know, I'm just kind of planning ahead, waiting for the game, you know? Yeah, well, in Di- Diablo 2, you had mercenaries, and there was, there was, uh, let's see, the first mercenary you got was the archer slash Amazon. Yeah, the rogue. And then, then, uh, Act 2 was the it wasn't it wasn't no, really a paladin they called it a mercenary. but they had auras it was like basically um, like a like a spear guard yeah it, it was an iron wolf guy right the the i forget what the order of the iron wolf uh, something like that yeah. and actually they're important in diablo 3 if i if i remember correctly and then act 3 you got the kind of it was a male wizard and they were just those mercenaries were worthless. <laughs> yeah, I never picked them up. I waited, and then I I think Act Three, when you went to Karath, is when I uh, picked up a new one. But I usually kept the rogue all the way through. Yeah, and then I don't believe there was a new mercenary in Act Four, but in Act Five with the the Lord Lord of Destruction expansion, you got the barbarian mm-hmm. uh, mercenary, and. They they were fairly decent as tanks, you know, meat shields. Because what what else are barbarians meat good shields, for? Meat shields, oh my! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think 
coming back to what we were talking about with the followers, I think Blizzard's trying to get across something that the community has in a different uh, mindset, and the community's thinking they have to win. Oh, the only way they can win is if they have followers. Well, Blizzard's trying to say, we balanced the game around the fact that you don't have a follower, and now we're adding followers to later games than we originally intended. And so we don't want you to, you know, ha we don't want to rebalance the game too much because then you'll feel like you can't do it unless you have a follower with you. And that's not their inter right. original intent. They want you to be able to succeed without having a follower. The follower is just kind of added gameplay, play, added flavor to the game. Yeah, it just, I, I think I think if they had uh, decided to go the direction of no followers past normal, mm -hmm. it you, you would just, it would feel like you're losing a part of the game. I mean, whether or not it actually affected your gameplay or the viability of being able to play single player past normal, it, that's, that's, you know, it doesn't matter. It, if they admitted them, you would feel like, oh, you know, I... I had this follower and I was invested in him and now now he's no longer going with me, you know? Yep. There there are people out there that role play even even in Diablo, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. that was one of the things that a lot of people said in the forums was, you know, we spend time with these people, we'd like to keep them around for something. Yeah, so I mean, if it makes Nightmare in Hell just a smidge easier, so be it. I mean, Inferno is where the real game's going to be played anyways. Mhm. Mm I mean, it's it's kind of like in WoW, you know, the game, quote-unquote, doesn't begin until you hit level cap, which isn't technically true, but, you know, for some players it is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for a lot of us Diablo veterans, you know, the, the real game is going to start in hell and really pick a pace in Inferno. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to stepping in there for the first time. It's going to be good. Yeah, so while we're while we're talking about, you know, the whole, like... You know, um, what, what, what am I trying to say? You know, we're, we're talking about, and I'm talking with my hands right now. I feel like Chris Metzen a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, the anticipation, there we go. A as we're talking about our in anticipation of this game, um, there was a great article about when is Diablo three coming out. And it was, uh, it was on Diablo fans. If I, mm -hmm. if I linked it correctly. Yep. And is it soon, soon? TM <laughs> and soonish. Yeah, yeah. Soonish is the new soon. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like green is the new purple. But uh, sorry, that's a wow reference for people who aren't familiar with that. In case you are, you know, a Diablo purist, and you're like, wow, get your wow talk out of my Diablo podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gonna happen from time to time. The company makes the same. You know, it's the same same company making both games it's going to kind of overlap a bit especially if we play both and we games. like both games so it's going to happen yes <laughs> yep and you know i love starcraft 2 or well, i love starcraft as well mm -hmm. not starcraft 2 because i haven't actually played starcraft 2 yet because i just you know been too busy to do anything other than wow for the most part but um what was i going to talk about again I don't remember. We're talking soon. about how soon is soon. Yes, how soon is soon. Well, not soon enough, in my opinion, because, mm -mm. you know, in unless I got that beta invite. Blizzard, please. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I if I got a beta invite, I would not be doing a pod promo this year. I'd be playing Diablo beta <laughs> instead. Oh, yeah. You'd be doing the Nabdia Pomo? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should explain what that is, right? <laughs> the uh, did we already explain it? National Podcast Post Month. I think we did. Uh, well, we we discussed it in pre-show. But... Yeah. Oh yeah. See, that's why I kind of forgot between show and pre-show. Okay, so uh, just briefly, National Podcast Post Month is um, something where podcasters post one podcast every single day through the month of November, and it can be whatever you want. It can be an audio podcast, it can be a video podcast, it can be one you did by yourself, it can be one you do with the group, and some of you listening to this show today probably picked up Shattered Soulstone through the shared Napod Pomo feed. So hello to all of you. We'd love to hear from you hello. if you play or if you're interested in playing. And um, it takes a lot of time. So that's what I've been doing this month. Yeah, it's it's similar to hardcore players in Diablo. Masochistic, you know. You know what? I feel like I feel like you know racking my brains to provide something out there for free for everybody for 30 days. It's crazy, right? It takes dedication and creativity, mm-hmm. and a little touch of insanity helps. Yeah. But back to how soon is soon. Um, this article is anticipating a potential late January, early February release, and I don't know. I, I, I think that might be a little premature, but it's not quite, you know, not quite out of the realm of possibility because the... This uh, article is like listing like the release date announcement in advance in like Cataclysm. Uh, wait a second, I'm looking. Oh, release announcement date. Okay, all right. And then the beta close. Okay. Interesting. I'm I'm sorry. I shouldn't be reading while I'm trying to talk, but. <laughs> I think basically what you're trying to say is this very well written article has sort of extrapolated data from figuring out when previous expansions of other Blizzard games were announced, and then when the beta came out, and then how soon after the beta ended that the actual game came out. So right. they're trying to predict from that when they think Diablo three might appear. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, the the extrapolated is the end of January, beginning of February. I, I'm still thinking that it's going to slip to March, maybe April. Oh, that reminds me of something that Brasia and I were talking about earlier in the week, about, and so, some people may or may not realize this, but Torchlight 2 also delayed their release. Mm-hmm. And if if those of you who are not familiar with Torchlight 2... Especially if you're, you know, if Diablo is new to you, you wouldn't know that Torchlight came from basically the three main guys at, that splintered off once, I believe, once Blizzard North mm-hmm. was dissolved. They they went to what Mythic? They they formed Mythic Entertainment or something like that, and then some of them ended up at uh, um, Flagship Studios, and some of them ended up on their feet with Runic Studios. And basically, the main creative driving forces behind Diablo 2 especially are at Runic now. And they... If you if you played Torchlight and you've played Diablo 2, you'd be like, wait, this feels really familiar. And because, you know, it is familiar because it is Diablo. Just with a more cartoony, um, light-hearted, fun coat of paint on it. I, I can't help but think, other than the fact that this quarter was just crowded with AAA titles that, you know, they realized a- actually the um, this CEO um, 
not it's not Max Schaefer, but Travis. Uh, I can't remember his last name, but he put out um, a rather entertaining explanation as to why they were delaying Torchlight 2. Basically, he said, "Well, don't you already have enough games, you know, to to buy and play, you know, this this Christmas?" <laughs> and he, <laughs> he's like, "Do you really need something more to do?" And he he did you know a laundry list of games that were coming out. You know, like you have like Bart Bartman. <laughs> oh my goodness. Technical difficulties of the mouth again. Um, you know, you had like Batman, Martin, Martin. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Modern <laughs> Warfare. I think you're trying to say Marvel. Right? Mo- not Marvel. Modern Warfare Modern- Three. Oh. Battlefield right. Three. Uh, just uh, there's a huge slew of games. Skyrim. You know, just a whole bunch of games. So, anyways, they they delayed Torchlight Two because they they still have that you know that whole like. It's done when it's done, and they decided to polish the game some more. But I I can't help but think, because Diablo 3 ended up getting delayed, they were like, you know what, we don't want to launch too soon before Diablo 3 comes out, because otherwise, otherwise, you know, all these people waiting on Diablo 3 will pick up our game and play for a couple months, and then Diablo 3 will come out, and they'll just forget about Torchlight 2. And that's not what they want to do exactly, so... Well, it makes sense. Yeah. Anyways... You know, just just selling our Diablo podcast with talking about everything else, but that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if anybody's putting up with me, you know, slandering the barbarian, obviously they'll put up with me, you know, talking about other video games as well. Well, I would guess that at least some of them probably play other video games as well. I would sure hope so, some of them do. You know, I mean, we all do. So I know mm-hmm. we're, we're video game game fans. We're not like a fan of one specific thing in the world. You know, we like yep. to play games that it make are interesting to us. Yeah. Yep. But before I derail the show, I, I I think we I think this is a great episode three, so I'm going to wrap it up now. Sounds good. So, so yeah. Sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So thank you everyone for putting up with my wizard love. This was episode three of the Shattered Soulstone podcast, which is a Dawnforge production, and you can. Read the show blog or listen to the show archives at theshatteredsoulstone.com. And obviously, Dawnforge Productions is headed up by Medros, and he is just an awesome guy. So thank you, Medros, for hosting our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, the show account is at Shattered Stone. I'm at Nevik James. Brazia is at Brazia Priest. And Jen is at Queen of Haiku. We are also on Facebook. I'm not even going to bother with URL. Who cares? Um, yeah, you can find it. It's on Facebook. You know, yeah. Shattered Soulstone. It's pretty easy. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we definitely could not do the show without all of our listeners. So, you know, please send in your contributions, questions, and feedback to show at shatteredsoulstone.com. And until next time, for Jen and for Brasia, you will find us traveling into the East. Always the East. Now we have a couple of Diablo questions for our upcoming Diablo podcast. It's called Shattered Soulstone. It's going to be a really great book, a really great podcast. One of our hosts there wanted to ask a couple of questions, so I'll have how she had asked the first question. And this is from Jen. She wanted to know which of the many Diablo books that you've written, which one was the most fun to write? They're all fun to write. Um, I, I like Diablo because it's kind of a shabby, questy world. But I guess I'd have to say that uh, um, the, actually the two books I did was Zale, just because I enjoy Zale and Humbart. So, so either Kingdom, either Kingdom. Actually, I guess Kingdom of Shadow. Maybe the first one in respect that it's also part tied into the game now too. So, let's go with Kingdom of Shadow. 
Uh, I'm very happy with, with all the books. Uh, Legacy of Blood was a great way to start out with the series. Um, but since I have fondness for, for the necromancer, Zale, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Humbart, his skull. <laughs> but uh, those, you know, those books were Joe and me because of that. The next question is also from Jim, but I'm also going to ask my own question as well, since I'm not sure you can answer the next question. Are there any plans for you or anybody else that you know of to write any more books in the Diablo series based on characters, quests, and influences from Diablo 3? And have you had a chance to look at that world to see if maybe you would like to, you know, delve more into a certain area or aspect of the of the game? Well, I'd always enjoy uh, going back to things, but other than that, I really can't say anything on the situation. Greetings, fellow Loot Deviants. It's your host, Nevik, here to tell you all about a little contest that the Shattered Soulstone is running care of Dawnforge Productions. We're going to be giving away three pieces of loot. And who doesn't love loot? I mean, really, who doesn't? Well, what are the pieces of loot, you may be wondering? We will be giving away an iPhone 4 Diablo clip case. Man, say that five times fast. A Terial wall poster. And finally... A Diablo 2 soundtrack. So how do you win this awesome loot? Well, it's pretty simple. All you need to do is send in an email to show at shatteredsoulstone.com and tell us what your favorite Diablo class is. Or, well, some of you may have not ever played Diablo, so I'll leave it open to what Diablo 3 class that you're most looking forward to playing. You know, don't want to exclude anybody. So send in your emails by December 20th. On the 20th of December, we will select at random three winners to receive the iPhone case, the wall poster, and the soundtrack. So get to writing, you know, send something into the show. I know you want to win this loot, but oh yeah, if you're if you're planning on playing a barbarian or if barbarian's your favorite class, don't bother entering. No, I'm just kidding, really. But no, don't don't say no. I'm just kidding, really, really. I do love smashing things with my head as much as the as the next guy. So if you love barbarians, fine. Send something in if you must. More fresh meat. This has been a Dawn Forge production, copyright 2011. Find great podcasts and more at thedawnforge.com. <laughs>